Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Peter Stewart about becoming a complete leader during the pandemic. Peter Stewart, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you, John. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Welcome. You're joining us from Eastern Oregon. I'm here in Utah. We're having fun uh, before uh, we started recording, talking a little bit about, you know, our past and where we're from and all that sort of stuff. And it's always fun to make those sorts of connections and see where we have, you know, uh, overlap you know, with our histories and and everything. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a complete leader. So generally, the the concept of complete leadership and and developing ourselves as complete leaders, but also looking at that within the context of leading during disruption and specifically leading during the pandemic. Uh, We're all, you know, what are we, six months plus into this um this situation and it's unique yeah. and it's everyone's life you know all of our lives have been disrupted and all of our businesses have been disrupted but we're all making it work and we're trying to support each other so talking about all that i think will be a great conversation as we get started i just wanted to share um peter's bio with everyone peter stewart dr peter stewart i should say rather is managing partner at stewart leadership and an experienced business psychologist specializing in leadership consulting, coaching, and training. Over the last 15 years, with his unique blend of insightful uh, psychological and business perspectives, Peter has helped hundreds of individuals in diverse settings and professional positions achieve success in their personal growth and leadership development. He helps them conceptualize and understand their role in complex organizational systems through clear, practical, and common sense direction with a clear plan for action. After completing his graduate studies in clinical psychology at the University of Kansas, Peter ran a group practice for several years, as well as being an adjunct professor at Washington State University. He is an active researcher, trainer, author, and speaker. He's published many articles and studies in Forbes and peer-reviewed journals, presented at national conferences, and participated in the development, standardization, and psychometric analysis of multiple assessment instruments. Super, super interesting, Peter. you know, our backgrounds are a little bit divergent, but uh, my PhD is in sociology, your clinical psychology. Um, I actually do quite a bit of social psychology in my work. Um, and so there's, there's a good deal of overlap there. And, uh, and you're, you're doing some really great stuff. So it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be on. And yeah, it is interesting when you, you think about the connections and, and the various fields people can study and uh, and learn in whether you're talking about sociology, psychology, 
at the end of, end of the day, we're talking about people and, and humans. And, and frankly, that's the most challenging part of business uh, in today's climate. And I think it, it has for a long time. So how do we best understand what each other are doing? What are our motivations? What are our intentions? So that we can actually align to accomplish some magnificent, just amazing things. Yes, absolutely. And I'm a big believer in interdisciplinary work, cross-disciplinary, multidisciplinary work, breaking down silos and making connections, you know, across fields where we, you know, we're, we're both dealing with, in our research, and our practice, we're dealing with human beings. We're dealing with human interactions, group dynamics, all those sorts of things. We probably come from, at it from slightly different perspectives um, because of our, our training. Uh, but ultimately, if, as long as we're open to working with others who have, you know, different angles of, in their expertise, then all that does is help round out our, our full view and understanding of these complex uh, phenomena. And so it's, it's awesome when we're able to, to get together with people uh, from different, you know, break down the silos and get people together from different areas. So I love that. Yeah, no, I do as well. And it's been interesting as I've transitioned uh, from more of the clinical work over in the more consulting, coaching work in the business climate, how oftentimes people, like I'll ask questions because I'm not coming from as a corporate insider. I really am an outsider. I haven't lived the cubicle life for decades. And so I'll ask certain questions and people kind of look at me sometimes like, wow, that's, I've never thought of it that way. Because we, just, we drink our own Kool-Aid of our own experience and we can kind of get stuck and boxed in only interacting and speaking with others who are doing what we're doing. And being able to just broaden that and open it up and think about things from just a different perspective, I find that's where some real true growth and development can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually one of the greatest pleasures of doing this podcast. Um, since I started, I think I've interviewed maybe 160 or so uh, professionals, executives, leaders like yourself, and from different industries, from different types of organizations, different levels. Um, and it is just fascinating. I love it because I just feel like I'm learning a lot, that I, I have the, the opportunity to enrich my thinking, to challenge my thinking, to expand my thinking. So you know, I think we, we are both believers in the value of these types of conversations and these types of interactions. That's, that's wonderful. And that, that probably leads into actually what we're really going to be focusing on today. You know, this idea of developing ourselves into complete leaders. Um, one of those aspects very well might be uh, intellectual humility, um, curiosity, constantly learning, constantly trying to grow. Um, but what, what is it exactly? What, what do you mean by becoming a complete leader? What does that term mean to you? Yeah, I think the, that, that idea of a complete leader, I mean, first off, the term leader has been used for so long in, in so many different situations and contexts. And, and frankly, you can walk down in any airport and find, you know, a hundred different leadership books and, and philosophies on it. But I think when you, when you try and break it down of what does it mean to be a complete leader, I think you hit the nail on the head right as you were introducing it of how do you keep that open mind that curiosity of it being there's a, a gem I, I've heard my dad use for years and my dad actually started the firm Stewart leadership uh, 40 years ago and so I, I grew up listening to this and drinking the his that kool-aid of, of leadership 
uh, for years. And he's, he would say, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. And so how do you just make sure we're staying green, regardless of how long we've been on our professional journey or how much runway we feel like we have left and keep growing? So to kind of come back to that idea of a complete leader, fundamentally, it's recognizing that as we're operating as a business, really, we've got two primary objectives we have to keep in mind. We have to keep in mind the business results. We have to hit our numbers. We have to achieve the financial stability and objectives and goals. But then on the flip side, and it's sometimes in opposition, are the people results. And how are we managing and leading the people that are helping us achieve those business results? So it's being able to keep in mind both of those, the business results with the people results. That's what helps begin that, that even that mindset of being that complete leader. Awesome. I love that. And I love the idea of mindset um, to, to inform and shape our overall approach. Uh, a lot of times in relation to what you were just saying and, and what I was saying a minute ago, you know, the kind of the umbrella term for that is growth mindset, right? So we, yep. so we have a mindset, we have a growth mindset that we're constantly going to be improving ourselves, developing ourselves, stretching ourselves, challenging ourselves. Um, but not just ourselves. Like we're, if we mod, if we do that ourselves and we model it, then we create an environment where people on our teams, you know, th those that we're leading, where they also have permission and are invited to also grow, develop, um, continually learn. And those are the types of teams that you want. Those are the types of teams that are going to be challenging their thinking. They're going to be pushing the envelope. They're going to be innovating and creating. Um, they're going to have better relationships with, in the, with internally and externally and ultimately drive better business results for everyone. Um, so, you know, ultimately that's what we're, we're really shooting for. Are there, besides mindset and, and learning and growing, are there other aspects that you would see as being part of the complete leader? Yeah, I think it's um, paying attention to what, what, what are your natural inclinations? I mean, I think there's a level of self-awareness a leader has to have. And like, here's, a, here's an example. It's like there, there's a story told of a couple of folks and they're walking down the street in, uh, let's say, New York City, you know, big, busy city. And as they're walking along, one turns to the other, says, do you hear that? Do you hear that cricket? And the other one says, what do you mean? How, how can you hear a cricket? We've got cabs going along. There's a, thousands of people everywhere. There's just so much noise. And the other uh, individual who happened to be an entomologist and studies crickets was, was, had tuned into that and was hearing it says, all right, let me give you an example. So he stops, he pulls out a quarter, he flips it up into the air and lets it hit the ground. And immediately everybody around them turns because they heard the sound of that coin on the asphalt, on the sidewalk. And he said, we, we do, we, we hone into what we train ourselves to listen to and to focus on. And I think as, as we look at that at, at analogous to ourselves as leaders, what are our natural tendencies? You know, do we find ourselves driven more on the business side, on the numbers, on the operational excellence, on creating more of that, that purpose? Or are we more on the side of how do we lead change? You know, how do we inspire commitment and and uh, build ourselves and others through teamwork and coaching and those sorts of things. And 
recognizing where we fall on each side and then saying, all right, how do I build a team around me to help kind of bring support for those areas of, of weakness for me? Recognizing I, I'm not gonna be the perfect leader by myself. You know, you wanna be able to have all those skills, but we all have our natural strengths and weaknesses. That's just a part of who we are. So how do we kind of complete that picture by also bringing in others to complement where I may have a deficiency, you might have a strength, hey, there's some tremendous collaboration synergy we can leverage there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that requires us to know our people well, right? Um, yes. so, that, so that we can know strengths, we can know uh, potential areas of weakness to, to support them and to help them grow, mm -hmm. as well as so we can complement each other. Um, so let's talk about relationships then uh, for a sure. minute, because I think that's a really key, important part of being the complete leader. It's hard for me to imagine someone being successful as a leader, you know, kind of a, a minimum bar of like, organizational success um, if, if they're not focusing on relationships and understanding their people. It's, I definitely can't imagine someone being labeled as the complete leader, you know, if they don't have those types of relationships. So, so what, how do we go about developing and maintaining, sustaining those types of uh, workplace relationships that can drive team success and organizational success? Yeah, I, th I think that's a great question, and I appreciate that you're highlighting even the relationship side of it, that, that people side. And I think fundamentally, a leader has to recognize that every transaction begins with a relationship. It doesn't matter whether th this is a sales transaction or any other activity that occurs in the office space or the work from home space, whatever that might be in today's context. So everything comes down to those relationships. And so as, as a leader, it's paying attention to, fundamentally you have four critical relationships you have to monitor at all times. You have to, and kind of think of yourself as in the center of this compass rose. And uh, you know, above you got your boss relationship, you know, your supervisor manager. Then uh, on the south end of that compass rose, you have your direct reports. Those that you are leading, you are guiding. On the east, you have your peers. Those are the individuals you're having to collaborate with. You're having to share resources with. And then on the west side of that compass is, is customers. You know, what, what is it that you need to do to meet their needs, to deliver, anticipate what they need before they even have it? So e even just that framework of understanding those four critical relationships, that in and of itself can be eye-opening for a leader to pause and think, what is the quality of my relationship in each of those four directions? Can I identify who, who those individuals are that fall in each of those categories? And can I ask this simple question? What do they need from me? And that begins just this conversation and insight and awareness of, wow, are there gaps? Do I really understand what I need, what they need from me? And then what do they, what do I need from them? And then you begin that process of filling it in. And that only happens through conversations and through intentional dialogue and actions. 
yeah, finding opportunities for those regular touch points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in the world of HR, you know, we, you know, there's the, the idea of the annual review, the annual performance review has long been under fire and rightfully so yes. because it's, it's utterly stupid to think that you would mm-hmm. own, that you would only evaluate someone on their performance and have a performance dialogue once a year, right? Um, and so for a long time, there's been a shift away from that kind of an approach, even though there's lots of organizations that still do it. Um, but there's been a shift towards a more regular cadence with yeah. your people so you can have those conversations. And it doesn't need to be formal all the time. You, ju- you just need mm-hmm. to have regular touch points where you can have, you know, sometimes formal conversations, but a lot of times just really informal, brief mm-hmm. opportunities to touch base, see what they're working on, see what their challenges are, see how you can support each other, um, yeah. you know, and answer questions and just make sure that they understand that you're there, that you're ready and willing to coach and mentor, support. Uh, that, that, that's kind of it. Like it's, it's, it's fairly simple. Um, and it doesn't require any complex software system. It, you know, it can literally just, um, just be you making an intentional effort to, to get connected with your people on a regular basis. So this actually connects to my next question and the next kind of where I hope this conversation will go is how do we do How do we do this right now? Because, you know, six months ago, most people were in in a shared office space and we were interacting and you had just those organic um, moments where you're getting a drink or you're going to the elevator or you're walking by someone's office and you stop by to say hi, you know, there, all those for a lot of people have vanished because, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people are still working virtually. It looks like you and I are both working from home right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so we're not with our people all the time. How do we have those more informal organic types of cadence uh, opportunities for dialogue? in this environment. Yeah. And I think that, that you're touching on the key issue that I think so many leaders have been struggling with uh, over these last several months with this shift in, in a remote or virtual workplace. Because you, you can't just count on, oh, I'll run into them sometime over the next couple of weeks or so, and we'll have a quick little connection. Now, you used a phrase, Dan, just as you were introducing this, of intentionality of being more intentional about it. And I think that's the only way it can work uh, in when we are operating, particularly in more of a remote setting. And then even as we begin transitioning back into where some places or workplaces are opening up more, it's we're gonna be in a hybrid type environment as far as many organizations, I would say for the foreseeable future. I mean, I think that's going to become more of the new normal. So it requires that intentionality of how do you schedule those zero agenda talks just to connect. And they're the little 10, 15 minute um, when you do put it on the calendar or will some leaders where they'll, they'll make sure meetings are, you know, a 50 minute meeting instead of an hour. And, but yet on their zoom call or teams call or whatever, that first five, 10 minutes, they just let people have that chit chat, that social connection, or they'll start at the top of the hour and the meeting you know, at 25 or at 50, and then say, hey, I'm going to stay on if anybody just wants to talk. You know, do that. Or you can even have the intentional breakout rooms where you just, you know, 
connect, get people off to say, okay, guys, for five minutes, we're splitting you up in groups of three, chit chat about your weekend, make that connection. So that, that's building that camaraderie among the team. But as the leader, it's recognizing not every conversation I have with my people is going to have to be 100% direct business strategic objectives and accomplishment toward those. You have to understand what are the challenges they're facing? You know, do they have three kids that they're homeschooling, taking care of an elderly parent? Do they have a spouse or a significant other that may have some health issues that's getting in the way of their ability uh, to return to the workplace? So there's the increased empathy and understanding, but it all comes down to being intentional and caring about really learning about them as a person, as a human, what they're going through. Yeah, I really like that. And it reminds me really early on, maybe three weeks into the COVID shift, you know, and every, now everyone's working from home, every organization scrambling to try to figure out what they're going to do. Um, I was in, uh, invited to a leadership meeting at an organization and to observe. And it was very clear that there, that people were, um, very stressed. The stress level and anxiety level was very high. Uh -huh. People, people had been scrambling, trying to, to make things work. And it just seemed like the, the energy level was low. The burn, it just seemed like burnout, anxiety, stress. Right. And so I, I mentioned that I commented on that to the, to the, uh, the executive who was running the meeting and the next week there was an, the next meeting. And I was so, I didn't like suggest this specifically, but I was so pleased that the, this executive, there was this big, huge, long agenda of all these things that needed to be taking, taking place in this next meeting. And when we got to the next meeting, she just started off saying, acknowledging how difficult this was, how stressful this was. Um, she, she took the time to just go round Robin around the group and ask, how's your family? You know, how are you adapting? And those sorts of things. And she just threw out the agenda. She said, you know what, today, we don't need to do any of these things. These can all wait. Today, we're just going to um, support each other. And we spent the whole time doing that. It was awesome. Now, yeah. you, you still have to get work done. And there's yeah. still things that have to be accomplished. But she recognized that in that moment, what her people needed was just to be validated, to be seen, to be heard, and to be supported. And that went a long, long way in you know, the next week they picked it back up. They continued on with the action items. Um, but it was just that moment of pause that made such a huge difference. Yeah. And I think those are, there are situations like that, that I think so many leaders have kind of stumbled upon, or maybe they've found out intentionally if, you know, they've gone months without that human check-in. Because we bring all of us everywhere we go. And especially when we're all in the same four walls all day, and whether we're, we're talking about, you know, we're cooking dinner, we're taking care of kids, we're doing work, we're, you know, we're sleeping, it's, we're doing everything in the exact same place. And so our life doesn't even have those natural separators to psychologically say, okay, I'm in work mindset now. Okay, I'm in home mindset. We're having to do that rapid shift between those various sides of us. So when a leader is able to open that up, say, hey, how are you doing? You're, you're creating that space. And, and this is, we could get into another tangent off on psychological safety a little bit more, but that's what you're, you're beginning to help create more of. 
when you're allowing that individual to bring their whole self to the workplace and not have to feel like they have to, you know, feel guilty or justify the fact that, yeah, okay, I got a kid with strep throat in the back, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're doing the best that they can. Now, it doesn't mean you take away standards. You still maintain the standards and you clarify the expectations, but you've also recognized that, hey, we're in a remote work setting. This isn't like Office 2.0, where we just transition everything, all the expectations, the standards, the rules from the office into now a remote setting. It's, no, 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 what, what is gonna work here and now to leverage this situation so we can get the most done without burning ourselves out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Peter, we have just scratched the surface. Um, we could go on and on and on. So, and I would love to continue this conversation with you. So, so perhaps I can have you back on the podcast sometime soon. But for today, we're about out of time. Um, but before we part ways, I do want to um, give you the last word and, and give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about you and your business, and perhaps um, anything that's upcoming that you want to share with everyone. Sure. No, I appreciate the opportunity. And this has been a really fun dialogue to, to talk about these issues. And I think for those interested in learning a little more about Stuart leadership and some of the, you know, the, the leadership, the teaming, change management, consulting type services we offer, stuartleadership.com would probably be the best place to go. Uh, if you want to reach out, info at stuartleadership.com is a, a great place to reach out. And we're happy to share more about what we, what we do. Uh, we have upcoming webinars. Uh, and uh, public workshops offering. So the event page on our website will list those. And we have a newsletter you're welcome to sign up for. We're publishing articles every month. Uh, that's free. Uh, and we post those just in our blog. So we try and create content that's going to help the leader. And I think that's where one of our areas of emphasis is, is just how do we partner with an organization to assist you in these challenges? Because it's not easy to be a leader today and especially when you're trying to uh, have those human capital interventions, how do you do it successfully? So you can actually get that business results and the people results you need. So, but I appreciate you having me on, John. This has been very enjoyable to have the conversation. Thank you, Peter. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. And I encourage listeners, you know, reach out, get connected with Peter, find out more about his organization, see what they can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that you can continue to find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.